0: Welcome friends, you are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at FCCFM.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to FCC as we kick off a new series today from the New Testament book of Galatians chapter 5. And in this series, we are going to grow deep and we are going to pray that the Spirit of God works powerfully in our hearts and in our minds. But first, I wanna share a story with you. It's not original with me. This comes from Clovis Chapel. He was a minister from back in the 1800s and he would often tell about two Mississippi River steamboats that left Memphis at the same time. Both of them were headed towards New Orleans. Traveling side by side, sailors from one vessel taunted the sailors from the other vessel about their slow pace. Slow as a snail, they would shout across the waters. Words were exchanged, challenges were issued and the race began and the competition became vicious as the two boats roared through the deep south. Now, eventually one boat began to fall behind because of a lack of fuel. I mean, they had enough coal for the trip, but not for a race. And so as the one boat began to fall back, a young sailor took some of the ship's cargo and tossed it into the ovens. And it worked. The cargo could be used as fuel. And so they fueled the boat with the cargo they'd been assigned to transport. Did they end up winning the race? Uh, You bet they did. But what happened in the process? Well, they lost sight of what they were there for, of why they were on the boat in the first place. They ended up winning the race, but they burned all of their cargo. Do you ever wonder, as you race from one event to the next, from one job to the next, from one experience to the next, from one game to the next, if we were made for more than just racing from here to there? as you seek one paycheck to the next, as you pursue one contract to the next, as you get up tired, go to work tired, come home tired, fall asleep tired, if you were made for more than just being tired all the time. Do you ever wonder? Like we, we all know the, the pursuit of money won't make us happier or more content, and yet we pursue it anyway like it's the most important thing in the world. And we all know the pursuit of prestige, the esteem of others, the desire to feel important, this fundamental driver for human behavior. We know it does not satisfy, and yet we go after it. And we all know people who who spent their lives trying to perfect their health and their bodies and retain their beauty, but died prematurely, and we realize the folly. Or, Or maybe you're a, a people pleaser, you just want people to like you and so you dress like them, you talk like them, you act like them, but you never really get to just be yourself. Or maybe you're, you're overwhelmed with life and so you turn inward, you addict to devices, you binge watch Netflix or other streaming services, you, you go to work because you have to, but then you go home, you get in bed, you watch your shows and you hide from life. Or maybe you made your kids your whole life You did everything for them. You raised them. You cared for them. You made them the gods of your schedule. But now that they're grown and gone, you're struggling to find your purpose. Maybe you've retired from work, but you've also retired from serving Christ. Perhaps you graduated from high school, maybe college, but you find yourself disappointed in your job or your career prospects or even your friends, and some of you are adults and you're still living with your parents, and and that's okay, but you wonder if there's something more. Well, in this series, based on Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 25, we are going to discover that we were made for more. We were made to experience love and joy and peace Patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. These were the things we were made to experience. These are the things that we were made to to embrace and enjoy in our lives and with our lives. And these things can become the focus, the, the reality of our lives because we have the Spirit of God living in us. And that brings us to our big idea for today. We were made for more indeed. We were made for love. We were saved for love. And we are empowered to love. And so today we're going to kick off this series by talking about love. Now, in the Bible, there are essentially four words for love. Now, there are numerous variations of the four words, but basically there are four words. In the Jewish scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, the first Hebrew word for love is Ahab, which reflects an intense emotional bond, a deep emotional bond, feelings for spouse, for God, for children, for friends. It's an emotional bond. And then the second Hebrew word for love is hesed, which means an undeserved kindness and generosity that intervenes on behalf of our loved ones and comes to their rescue. And this is not an emotional bond like the previous word for love. It's a, it's a responsible bond. It's not as much feeling as it is action, And then in the Christian scriptures, the the New Testament, the Greek words are phileo, which is, is an affection, a deep affection you have for those you have deep relationships with, and then agape, which is a charitable love given to people who you may or may not be in a relationship with. Interestingly enough, the way of Christ is agape love, that we love people. Even if we don't know them, that we love people, even if we don't particularly like them, that we love people, even if they don't deserve to be loved. And that's the kind of love we're talking about when we say we were made for love, we were saved for love, and we are empowered to love. And we see this truth embedded even in the earliest chapters of Scripture. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth, and, and the final piece of his creation was people. We believe God created people in order to express His not only his creativity, but his love. And then in Genesis chapter two, God looks upon the man named Adam and Adam is alone and God says, it's not good for a man to be alone and, and so God creates Eve. God creates people to express his love for them and then God creates man and woman so they could express their love for one another. But if you know the whole story, especially the story of Genesis three, you know that Adam and Eve rejected God's love and they turned to their own ways and they were cast away from God. And so that's the creation of for the sake of love, and the fall, away from love. But then in Genesis 3.15, there's a promise of redemption because of love. And as Christians, we believe the promise of redemption was fulfilled in Jesus, that Jesus saved us from the fall, that Jesus saved us for love. So we were made for love, and then we were saved for love, and then after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and he sent his spirit to live in us to live in all those who profess the name of Jesus and call upon him for salvation, and that Holy Spirit within us empowers us to love. Because it's one thing to phileo love, to have affection for people we have deep relationships with, but it is another thing altogether to agape love, to love people we don't know, to love people we don't even particularly like and to love people who don't deserve our love. Oh, that's human love, we got that down, we know how to do that, but agape love is a divine kind of love and we need help with that one. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for that one, but that's the one we were made for and saved for and that is agape love. Genesis chapters one through three tells us we were made for love and the life and teachings of Jesus show us that we were saved for love. Then Galatians five tells us that we are empowered for more than merely living. We are empowered for love. Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 25 says this, and this is the apostle Paul writing. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not Inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Now the contrast of common human pursuits and uncommon spiritual pursuits are so clear and so powerful in these verses. The flesh pursues sexual pleasures, selfish ambitions, alcoholic adventures, and more. But the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna dive deep into all these things the Holy Spirit produces in us over the next nine weeks. But today we are talking about the first and the most important. The first and the most important, the greatest of these is love. Why? Well, because we were made for love by God the Creator, saved for love by Jesus our Savior, and empowered to love by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. So let's do today, let's do a dive deep, a deep dive into love. And we wanna talk about love defined, Love modeled, love commanded, and then love expressed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through eight, love is defined like this. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It says love never fails. And then skipping ahead a few verses to verse 13, it says, now these three remain Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Now, that is probably the most beautiful, poetic, and, and almost certainly the most famous description of love the world has ever seen. In fact, if you're married, there's a very good possibility these very scriptures were read at your wedding, But what I want you to see in these verses where love is so poetically defined is this. Number one, love is more than an emotion. Love is more than a feeling. It says it's patient, it's kind, it does not envy or boast, it's not easily angered, it protects, it trusts, it hopes, it says it never fails. It's it's not an emotion here, it's clearly an action. And that's why we are able to give love even to people we don't like. You can't do that when love is a feeling. But when love is an action, you can give it even to people you don't like. So love is more than an emotion. The second thing is love is the greatest thing. Now, in this context, in 1 Corinthians 13, the verses talk about miracles and prophecies and speaking in tongues, but then they talk about things even better, faith, hope, and love. And then it says, but the greatest of these is love. Agape love is defined in the scriptures as more than emotion, but rather an action. It's also defined as the greatest thing ever. It's greater than anything else, and that's why we should be pursuing love above and beyond everything else. And that's why we say we were made for love, saved for love and empowered to love. This is the kind of love that Jesus modeled for us. And here's how he did it. First of all, Jesus modeled love by revealing God to us. Jesus loved us with agape love and Jesus held up love as the greatest thing and Jesus held love so high that his best friend, John, defined God by saying in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. Jesus modeled love. He showed us love by revealing God to us. In Luke chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus shows us love by revealing God to us. In Jesus, in his words, in his actions, in his kindness, in his passion, even in his pain and disappointment, Jesus shows God to us. Jesus is the visible image of our invisible God. In the same way, we cannot be loving if we are not showing and sharing God and his love with others. If you love people, you will show God to them and you will share God's love with them. True love shares God with those who don't know who God is. And Jesus modeled that for us by revealing God to us. But also Jesus modeled love through sacrifice. And the reality is we don't know how much love is worth until it requires our sacrifice, Would you agree? Think about it, we don't know how much love is worth until we have to pay a price for that love. You know guys, maybe some of you guys are single but you have a girlfriend and and it's easy to say to your girlfriend, I love you, but it's not so easy to sacrifice your independence through marriage. Or maybe you're married but you, you don't wanna share full control of your finances now that you're married. I mean, it's easy to say I love you, but it's not so easy to give up something we love to be with someone that we love. If you say I love you, but I don't wanna give up my independence to be married, then you love your independence more. How much did Jesus love us? More than himself, more than his health, more than his life. In John 15, 13, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus told us that love involves sacrifice, but he also practiced what he preached. He modeled sacrifice by dying on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins, to atone for our sins, to restore us to God. And so I have to wonder this morning, do you love like Jesus? If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, you should love like Jesus. In fact, Jesus commanded his followers to express his kind of love. Now, I know command is such a strong word, but it is what it is. Jesus commanded his followers to love. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39, someone came to Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all of the law? And Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command." And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And that makes sense, right? I mean it's hard. It could be hard, but it makes sense. It, if love is the greatest thing, then it makes sense that love is the greatest command as well. The greatest command is to love God with all you got with all your heart, which means your emotions, your feelings, your passions, with all your soul. That's the very life within you with all of your mind, what you think, what you plan. Mark and Luke's gospel both add strength. Love the Lord with all your strength, what you do, how you behave, how you act. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Translated simply, with all you got. You love the Lord with all you got. Do you love the Lord with your spouse? You love the Lord with your children. Do you love the Lord with your career? Do you love the Lord with your time? Do you love the Lord with your service? Do you love the Lord with your talents and your abilities? Do you love the Lord with your money? The greatest command is to give the greatest thing, love to the God who gave us everything. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. The greatest command is to love God with all you got. So what does that look like? It's not just a feeling, it's an action. What does it look like? It's one thing to say love God and love your neighbor, but, but what does it look like? How, how do we express that kind of love? Well, we express our love to God through obedience to God. That's how we express love to God. Now we think we express our love for God by reading the Bible. We think we express our love for God by, by praying to him. And if we really love him, we pray before every meal. And if we really, really love him, we pray before the meals even when we're in public. We, we think we express our love for God by singing songs of praise. We think we express our love for God by going to church. We, we think we express our love for God in any number of ways. And, and I think these are all good things and good ways to express our love for God, but all of them are null and void if we don't actually obey God. In John 14, 15, Jesus said this. He said, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And the truth is, you can sing worship songs on Sunday, but if you go out on Monday and live as if there's no God, in your words, your actions, the way you treat others, do you really love God? Do you obey his commands? You can get up every morning and you can read your Bible for 30 minutes, but then if you jump on the road to work and you cuss out other drivers and you flip the bird to someone who cuts you off, do you really love God? Do you obey His commands? You can say your prayers every night before you go to sleep, but if you then jump on your phone, you start texting the latest, juiciest gossip to your best friend before you close your eyes. Do you love God? Do you obey His commands? We express our love for God by obeying his commands that are written in his word. So what about people? How do we express our love for people? We express our love to people through compassion, through acts of compassion. It's great to say I love you and it's great to be affectionate, it's great to give hugs if the person likes to be hugged, but the real expression of love is compassion. Compassion is concern and sympathy for the suffering of others. We express agape love not through feeling, but through acts of compassion. Compassion is is when we see a homeless person and rather than judge, we love. Compassion is, is when we see a person with special needs and we are patient with them. Compassion is when we are kind and not judgmental to an addict. Compassion is when our sympathy for someone who is suffering moves us to respond in helpful ways. We express our love toward people, people who Jesus called our neighbors, through compassion. There's a parable Jesus told it's about a king who rewarded some of his people and punished others of his people. And the king judged who would be rewarded and who would be punished based on their expression of Compassion. So in Matthew chapter 25. It's verses 34 through 36. And that's actually just part of the parable. You can read the whole thing, but in, in this section, Jesus says this. He says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. That word means immigrant and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. What is that? That's compassion. I was thirsty, and, and, and you gave me something to drink. What is that? That's Compassion. I was an immigrant and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. Compassion. I was sick and you looked after me. That's compassion. I was in prison and you came to visit me. That's compassion. And then in Jesus' parable, the people asked the king, they said, when did we do all these things for you? And in verse 40, Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What is love? It's more than an emotion. Love is sharing God with others. Love is sacrificing our ambitions for others. Love is expressing uh, ourselves to God, our love. We express it through obedience to him. And love is expressed to our neighbors through compassion, not judgment. Love really is the greatest thing. Love is what we were made for, not for winning a worldly race, not for burning up ourselves and our precious cargo in the process. We were made for love by God. We were saved for love by Jesus. We are empowered to love by the Holy Spirit. Here's a good motto, love God, love people, and trust God to take care of the rest. Love is what we were made for. And that brings us to our takeaway for today. I wanna challenge you to memorize Galatians chapter five verses 16 through 25 during this sermon series. This is one of those great passages of scripture worthy of your memory and your meditation and your reflection. And so in your daily time with God, Memorize Galatians 5, 16 through 25. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being a God who loves. Thank you for creating us to love, saving us to love, and empowering us to love. Let us love one another as you have loved us, actively, not just emotionally, sacrificially, not selfishly, in obedience to you and with compassion for others. God, help us to be more like Jesus in the way we love. Amen and amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at fccfm.org.